Becca had a question. She said, I would love to know, this is actually pretty funny, how you guys feel about the loophole of putting your Kindle in airplane mode to keep library books from returning. The rule followers of the world feel like we're going to get caught one day. (laughs) Hey there, book gang. Sometimes I create episodes for you, and sometimes I create episodes for me. Today's episode is a two-for-one as I'm transitioning from the Overdrive app to the Libby app, and I thought, why not take you along on this journey? Now, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done so far is episode number 25. It's titled, How the Story Graph Can Enhance Your Reading Life. I got to sit down with the CEO and founder, Nadia Uduayo, to hear how I could implement that app into my reading life. We used her transcription to write a guide on how to use the story graph. And since writing that, hundreds of people every single month come to the site to use this podcast and guide for their transition. Let me tell you how successful that episode was, though, for me. Now, for those of you that follow me on Goodreads, you might have noticed my absence over there. Or maybe you didn't, and that's okay too. This episode really did impact me so much that I began to use the story graph and found that it met my needs so beautifully that I now track almost exclusively on there. It is because of these episodes that I try new things, and that is the goal with today's show. The Libby team is here to help us transition from Overdrive to Libby, learn what makes this public library tool so great, and how to borrow and enjoy those ebooks and audiobooks with your library card. If you're struggling to make the switch from Overdrive to Libby like me, or if you're looking for some fun new ways to use their features, today's episode is for sure for you. As many of you know, our time with Overdrive is coming to an end in 2023. I've gotten the alerts. I'm sure you have too. So today, I am honored to share an episode with the professional book nerds who work both as staff librarians and as the voices behind the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Joe, Emma, and Jill love discussing books with their listeners and sharing what you can check out from your local public libraries and school systems on their podcast. They also really love talking about what makes the Libby app so unique. And although you could not see their faces when we're recording, I wish that you could because they just all light up as they discuss all of the special features that Libby is going to be bringing to the table that they just could not achieve with Overdrive. Are you new here? Welcome to the Book Gang Podcast. My name is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. Book Gang is all about those debuts, under-the-radar book choices, and helping you expand your stack with backlist book selections. You're listening to this episode, Get the Most Out of the Libby app with the Professional Book Nerds. In today's show, we are going to walk through navigating this reading app, the best ways to transition your reading history from Overdrive, and what updates are currently in progress with the app. These savvy book nerds also have some really clever systems for tagging, fun new ways to search, and share with transparency about why users have to make the switch. They're also going to help us be a part of that process in helping build a better world on their app. To go along with this discussion, you will also find a written guide that will break down all of the things we are learning today. We have included as much as we can in the show notes, just like we would always, but we wanted to provide an organized tool from today's transcription that will help you familiarize yourself with this app. And if you want to help me continue making shows and content like this, I just have to say that your financial support funds the cost of production for these shows. I am a small business owner. I do have that heart and soul for sharing on this platform, but podcasts are frankly quite expensive to run. And the booking is completely independent and relies upon listeners to fund those projects. So you might've noticed some absence of commercials and that was made possible through our Patreon subscribers. And in the spirit of the holidays, I just want to wish them all a very happy holiday season and say 
thank you to every person that chooses to chip in $5 to make these episodes possible. I promise if you join my community to shower you in so many bookish gifts, like our buzzy book review shows, monthly music playlists, exclusive author interviews, and reading guides. To learn more, head to patreon.com backslash mom advice. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash mom advice. We are closing in on our last book club book for 2022, and I just want to encourage you to join us for our final chat of the year. We are reading A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. That will be happening tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To join, head to the Mom Advice Book Club on Facebook, click the Events tab, and RSVP. By the way, if you missed the chat, the really nice thing about our book club is that you can go back to past events. So if you pick up this cozy science fiction book uh, that's very short and lovely and perfect for the holiday season, I encourage you to head back to the events after the holidays and feel free to interact with us there. Um, We are always there and always willing to have a good book chat with you. Now, finally, as I close out this intro, I do want to remind you that our 2023 Mom Advice Book Club picks were all announced in our last episode. I hope you didn't miss it. I just want to say thank you to everyone that sent such encouraging words. My favorite thing to hear was to hear that some of you had not heard of some of the books or that they were on your list and you hadn't got to them, or that you love them so much that you were so excited to talk about them with me. So I am really excited about that. And we are thrilled to be kicking it off in January with our memoir, This Boy We Made by Taylor Harris. So be sure to grab that. This will be our last episode on the main show for this year, but we will have one more fully booked show for our patrons. I cannot wait to discuss what books pulled me out of my reading slump this month and share some honest opinions on buzzy books. Our first episode in January will also offer some reflections on the best books of 2022. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I know many people offer this much sooner. Larry and I choose to read right up until those final moments of December and include those books often in our best books of the year. So uh, one fun tradition that Larry does that I have now embraced is he has, you know, admitted that he does not um, actually have uh, holiday drinks necessarily. Uh, So he can be clear headed to really savor and appreciate on January 1st, sitting down and jotting down every book that made his favorites list. And we are so excited to share that. We will likely be talking about that right around that time of year. So think of Larry and I as we are gathering those. But if you need books in the meantime, it was a great honor to be a guest on the Professional Book Nerds podcast this month and share some recommendations for winter atmospheric reads. So if you're curious about, you know, those kinds of books or you may be curious about who the heck am I, um, I got a chance to share a little bit about how I got my start in blogging and some of those glory days and also the beauty and challenges with changing career paths with this new podcast and book community. On that final note, if you have space to leave a review or share in your social spaces about my show, just incredibly grateful for those reviews. It helps readers find me in this new space. Okay, I think I have set this one up enough. I think we're ready to learn from the Libby experts today. Let's get chatting. Book gang, I am so excited because we have three guests from Libby today to help guide us into that transition from Overdrive to Libby, which I admitted to them before we started taping. This might just be for me. So you guys are all going to get to hit like sit in on my help session today and hear about what Libby is all about. As you guys know, it is a library app that some of us have been struggling with getting over onto. And so today's, you know, podcast is just a tutorial from the the experts on how to make this transition easier and understanding how to use the app. So I would love for each of you to introduce yourself and tell us how long you've been with Libby and maybe a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm Joe Skelly. I am one of the co-hosts of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, and I have been at Overdrive for five years. I'm a part of the Digital Bookmobile team. So we have a truck that goes across the US and Canada, and we do free stops at libraries and schools and help people get started with their libraries. 
Mary. I love it. Hi, I'm Emma Dwyer. I am also one of the co-hosts of Overdrive's Professional Book Nerds podcast and an avid user of our Libby app. I have been at Overdrive for eight years now in varying roles, but my current role is a product trainer on the Overdrive training team where I actually train our library partners and their staff on how to use Libby um, and other Overdrive products and services. And I'm Jill Grunewald. I'm the uh, creator and the third co-host of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. I work on Overdrive's marketing team as a marketing and communications specialist for our North American Public Library. So I get to talk and let all of our library partners know about all the fun new services and features that Libby has to offer. Perfect. You guys are pros. I told them you're going to make my job so much easier because sometimes it's a little scary when you have someone who has come on and has never been on a mic before. But we have three pros here from their own podcast, which is a great resource. I am going to link to their podcast episode where they also break down how to use Libby, but this will just be in conjunction with one of their talks in case you missed it. It's a great podcast for book lovers. I really want to encourage our listeners to also check it out. So I'd love to start out with what is Libby and why are we replacing the Overdrive app? Oh, it's a painful question. I I know there's so much love for Overdrive, um, but I, I just wanted to start by mentioning that Libby is made with love from us here at Overdrive. So it's the same wonderful collection you're already used to, built by the same people who have been taking care of you for, you know, a decade now on the Overdrive app. Um, but we actually took years worth of feedback from the Overdrive app. So everything that someone submitted that was like, I don't like the way this works, or, you know, maybe this could be tweaked a little, or I'd really like to see this. Instead of, you know, kind of damaging the original structure of Overdrive, you know, the app you're all used to, we decided to build a new app alongside, taking all of that feedback and kind of building from the ground up so it could be a fresh space, no one would have to be frustrated with their current experience, and then we'd let people kind of use both to kind of just like play around and find what works best for them. And, you know, so Libby has all of the same amazing content uh, that you can access in Overdrive. And actually, some libraries offer even more types of content in Libby that you can't access in Overdrive. Um, but now we are working towards the sunset of that of that flagship app. And I think the the biggest thing for us is that we wanted to reduce confusion. So why are there two apps in the mm. public library space? Why am I using Overdrive? Why am I using Libby? Do I need both? Um, keeping people from being confused of why can I only check out like 10 titles here, uh, but there's, you know, only three titles there. Oh, well, it's the same card. So you've already used up a certain amount, you know, mm. so it's, it's re about reducing confusion and, and truly with the spirit of feedback, the idea of, you know, just kind of creating a new app and letting that be uh, the core piece where someone can always send a message that says, I think I need to see this feature and our developers can kind of add that to their punch list and uh, kind of build and go compared to the Overdrive app, which is it, it's seen updates, but it's kind of at the spot that it would always be. And mm -hmm. Libby is kind of growing and evolving as new readers join, as existing readers make that switch. So still the same company you love, but, uh, but we're just trying a... Uh, a, a cleaner and hopefully less confusing approach for everyone. Yeah. And I want to just uh, be honest because I'm one of the reluctant people getting off of Overdrive. And it is only solely because I started on Overdrive and never used Libby. I found it to be a pretty simple platform to get the hang of. And, you know, I am probably showing my middle-aged roots when I say that I have a hard time switching anything. And my husband has to update all of my computer updates because I refuse to do it. And I get really bent out of shape for a good couple of months until I get the hang of it. And then I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? And I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing with Libby. I just need to make the switch. And I appreciate hearing that a lot of this is in development. So I want listeners to pay attention to that because user feedback is so imperative for building and expanding an app. And they are taking what you are saying and perhaps you give that feedback. Like I was looking at the reviews on the app. Maybe you see something that people are having a hard time troubleshooting. You add that into the queue for help desk um, and for your programmers and they're able to make those changes in a 
more of a real-time setting. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. There's even, um, especially now since the messaging has started that we want people to try to make the switch over to Libby from OverDrive, we're very directly messaging those OverDrive users now. Um, we have seen a few recent updates that they were things that were maybe further down the list or not on the list at all that uh, jumped up to the top and then have already been implemented. So uh, what I think of with that is on the shelf, you can have, you know, variety of tags in OverDrive. You're familiar with wish lists, uh, but with your wish list in OverDrive, you could sort by available now. So you could see all books that were available to borrow right then on your wish list. But in Libby, we had some symbology. So there was a library card icon next to it, and you could tell if it had a plus sign, it was good to borrow. If it was a calendar, you'd have to join the hold list. Mm. Um, but since so many folks coming over from OverDrive wanted the ability to sort out that tag, the developers pretty much hopped right on that in like the first week of major messaging push. And now you can uh, sort your tag by available now. So it won't show you anything with a wait list. So we are making changes um entirely based off of feedback and then also like kind of the quality of life things we have been working on that a lot of app you know that a lot of like app developers would work on uh, things to match current styles and trends things that are more accessible things that are more available to a whole host of people mm-hmm. that's also part of like the way that libby is designed is based off of like making sure Libby's as accessible as possible. I want to ask, uh, regarding changes that we would like to see happen, what is the most effective way to let you know if there's something that we'd like to implement in your Absolutely. app? Absolutely. So I'm going to twofold this answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is what's really cool about Libby that doesn't exist in OverDrive is you can contact our tech support team directly anytime, anywhere. That's a big one to me to push, uh, especially having helped our support team during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. People have questions. They are always there to answer. 20 every day of the year. But uh, in the same place you can find help and support, we also have our suggestion box. So in the menu, under the help and support section, there's a button that says get some help. And then under the common solution section, there is a big old button that says suggestion box. And you can type through and say, I want to be able to recommend titles to my library. I want this kind of feature added. Um, I find this confusing. You can send all of that feedback through. um, And my recommendation that every time I meet someone and we're talking about Libby is if you think it needs to be done, you should submit that suggestion because if you're thinking it, someone else is thinking it and that helps our developers see what they need to prioritize. Out of curiosity with your development team, is there a way that we can see what you guys are working on? Because I know with StoryGraph, I can look at the help desk and see, oh, here's what's happening with the app as users make suggestions. Is there a transparent way to see what you're up to? I don't believe there is. Okay, that's okay. Sometimes sometimes changes happen so quickly mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, like even internally, we'll, you know, we can see kind of what the roadmap is and then there will be a, a veer left as, as something else has become a higher priority. Yeah, I get it. I just thought I would ask because that was something that I've never, never seen before. But then I'm like, maybe more people do do that with apps and I just don't know about it. So I thought I'd ask. Well, today we're going to get into some technical questions, some navigation questions, and then I have a list of listener questions that you guys submitted. If you are part of the Mom Advice Book Club on Facebook, you could submit a question to the help desk and they are going to answer it, which is so wonderful because you are getting answers from the experts. So I want to start with our technical questions. Are the catalogs currently identical in Libby and OverDrive with our library systems? I can take this one to give Joe a beat. (laughs) So yes, your collections that your libraries offer, your digital libraries in OverDrive are the same in the Libby app. There are those exceptions. So you can actually access more content in some cases using Libby. There's that extra content available like Canopy, which is a platform for movies um, and certain television shows. There's things like Craftsy, which is like hobbies, DIY, and other things like Universal Class, which is continuing education. So the answer to that is yes. Okay. And if you guys aren't using Canopy and Craftsy, you're really, really missing out. Canopy is great, particularly around the award season, because a lot of the indie films, particularly for Indiana, do 
not come here. And so that is my only way to view them. So if you love artsy films, I highly recommend it. I'm also a craftsy user because I love crafting. So thank you for also highlighting those two features that people might not know about. Will my current holds and loans be moving to Libby when I switch? Yes, which is awesome for those of us who keep very long wait lists. But yes, when you <laughs> log into Libby and sign in with your library card, your waiting, uh, your holds will be waiting for you on the shelf in Libby. So they'll be right there for you to okay. continue to add to. What about those wish lists that we have? All right. So the wish lists, so happy to say that yes, Libby will prompt you to actually move over your wish lists from Overdrive directly using one of our smart tags. So you'll kind of like the first time you get signed in and set up, you're going to get comfortable that first day or so. And then Libby's going to send a little notification in the menu that says, you know, kind of basically like looks like you were an Overdrive user. Do you want to bring over your wish list? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how easy is that? So that that at the prompt idea is great. I love it. Can I access my Libby app from my computer or laptop? Yes. So the short answer is that yes, you can access Libby from a browser on your laptop. You can go to libbyapp.com and do pretty much all of the same things that you can do in the app with the exception of downloading um, or reading offline on your computer. But everything that you're doing on libbyapp.com will sync to the Libby app, you know, say on your phone or your tablet. All right. What about Android? Because I'm an Android user and I feel like no one ever caters to my needs and always like the secondary thing. I know everyone loves iPhones. I I don't. So I'm curious there if there are accessible features for me as an Android user for auto as well as for their devices. Yes, absolutely. Libby is available for Apple and Android devices through the App Store and Google Play Store. You can also sideload the app onto a Kindle Fire tablet. Additionally, to answer your question, you can listen to your audiobooks via Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, which I only just recently got Apple CarPlay and it is like magic to have Libby right there. <laughs> I, I love my, it. my phone in. <laughs> Um, you can, yeah, download the Libby app on the devices. And we also have direct integration with Libby and Sonos speakers. So you can listen in your kitchen while making dinner or anywhere in your house with a speaker if you have one of those. This is so high tech. I have a very old car. I still use a little plug to try to like access my phone. So I'm appreciating that someday you know, perhaps when the economy gets a little better, we'll have a new car that we can utilize something like that. But I know a lot of other users are using that. So I'm glad that I can do that. Now, when I'm in my car and I'm using your audiobook feature, am I able to download from Libby um, for my car and access it if I don't have, you know, the internet? I know a lot of people do a lot of travel with their audiobooks. And that is one thing that is really important to people when they're doing audiobooks. Absolutely. And before I touch on that, I also want to note that that the app experience is exactly the same if you're on Apple, Android, or even if you're using LibbyApp.com. There's only a few differences, like Emma mentioned, the, the download. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. It's Perfect. not like the Apple version is better than the Android version. Like, <laughs> they are the same. <laughs> but We appreciate as, that. <laughs> of course. Um, as far as downloading audiobooks for like road trips and things like that, yes. So Libby's default is actually to download all titles, and specifically when you're connected to Wi-Fi. So Libby by default won't use your data. Okay. That's a feature you can turn off. So you can have Libby download pretty much anytime you're connected to Wi-Fi or cellular data. Uh, but then you can turn off, you know, like you can go into airplane mode, be up in a plane, be in the car on that long road trip. And that book is downloaded uh, onto your device. Now Perfect. for audiobook lovers specifically, this is why I think Libby is amazing um, and kind of the superior experience. Just my opinion. But in the Overdrive app, I'm sure many of you listening who love audiobooks know you could occasionally lose a chunk of your audiobook because it was broken up into multiple files. For some people, that was convenient in terms of storage. But for me, it was always like, how did I go from chapter five to 20? Uh, with Libby, it's all one clean, neatly packaged file. So you'll never lose a part of your audiobook. That's wonderful. I, I don't think people realize that. So that's that's a really great thing. I was going to ask about phone storage because, you know, some people don't have a lot of storage on their phone. And maybe that hurdle 
happened with OverDrive where you were only downloading a chunk? Is that any like different than are you taking up more storage by using Libby? So by default, it doesn't take up more storage than the OverDrive app. And Libby has several different settings that you can adjust depending on your download preferences. So the default for Libby is that it will download all titles when you're connected to a Wi-Fi connection. So to conserve any sort of like cellular data that you might be using. If you don't want to do that, you can again adjust this under settings and you can specify what gets downloaded. So you can say everything, no matter what, will be downloaded. You can specify for titles under 20, is it megabytes? I've just completely blanked on the technological <laughs> term. Yeah, um, it is. Under 20, or you can have it download nothing and like you can go in and select um, what you want. And then you can also specify to download things on Wi-Fi only. So that is the default, but you can make sure that that's enabled. And that is actually a setting that I use quite often. Easy enough to download when I've got a connection and then have it for listening to audiobooks and stuff during my commute. That's perfect. Thank you, Emma. All right. For our navigation questions, am I able to rate my books on the Libby app? So currently there is not a way to rate titles in Libby. But as we talked about at the very beginning of this, we and our team take suggestions and love user feedback. So that is something you can provide feedback directly to our team in the Libby app while you're in there. So you just go to the um, under menu, help and support, get some help. And then there's a suggestion box and you can let them know you want to be able to rate books in Libby. That's perfect. You know, I, I do want to say with the navigation questions, I actually went through some of your feedback on your reviews to gather these questions. Like what were people having a hard time with? And if I saw something that was repeating, then I jotted it down for today's list. So that ask about the rating the books actually came from a user review. So I I just want to be transparent that I kind of hunted and gathered what some people were requesting because some of the things that you've already touched upon that people were, you know, perhaps ranting about in the review you just said that you have. So I think sometimes there is a little bit of the disconnect with the app and understanding what's, you know, maybe accessible to them or the updates that you've made since some of that feedback came in. So that's how I've gathered some of our navigation questions today. Makes a lot of sense. And it is, yeah, it's helpful to be able to have the chance to say that, like, yeah, things really do change a lot around here. The Overdrive app was kind of very static and Libby is very dynamic. So, yeah. And I am worried that we're going to have this and then like we'll get done and next week we'll like have a completely different thing. So we will update as, as they make updates. If there's new things that are added, I will definitely update this, uh, you know, tutorial that we write to go along with it. Well, I want to ask about the tags because the tagging is new for a lot of people. I would love to hear about how tags work and also if you guys have witnessed any really cool tagging systems that you want to tell our users and listeners about because I think that it might be fun to hear some unique ways to tag books. I love tags. (laughs) And I recognize that they can be a little daunting at first because coming from Overdrive, you are used to having your history and your wish list and that's it. Um, So what I'm about to say could be amazing and also scary for folks. But I always like to say that the limit to tags is your imagination. You can create a tag for truly anything. Um, I create lists based on interest. So I always like to suggest genres you love. If you are a mood reader, it's helpful to have that mystery, that historical fiction, you know, just break out those lists so you know when you're in the mood, you can hop into that one and go, oh, I'm looking for this a sci-fi thriller. <laughs> you know, you can truly kind of create whatever you'd like. Um, I also like to make ones for narrators I don't love. So that way, if I uh, see their name again, I, I'm like, maybe I'll read this one instead of listen to it. Um, one of our teammates actually has a tag for gift giving. So her father-in-law is is a tough person to buy gifts for, but he'll always read a book. So she picks things and pops them in his tag. So when shopping season comes around, It takes her five minutes and she's like, it's mainly selfish because then she can spend more time shopping herself. Um, And then personally, I make a tag. I have a tag for my niece. So she is very young. My sister's still on like bedtime stories. We're looking at read along. So I'm just trying to pull anything uh, that I think she might like and just something that might be making my sister's day a little easier. Mm -hmm. So I have a tag specifically for Reagan. And then I text it over to my sister uh, every once in a while and just kind of keep it updated. So so that's kind of like my, my... My top recs are the mood reader recommendation, 
Then I have uh, friends and coworkers recommendations. So if it comes from someone, I usually have to like vet that a little bit. And then a TBR for each of my top genres uh, and then one for cookbooks. So I always have nice. that kind of handy if I'm in a recipe slump. But yeah. And how do I add my tag when I am wanting to tag a book? So um, tags, super cool. You can create them either when you're scrolling through the experience. If you're in a curated list and you see something and you go, I don't have a tag for this yet. There's um, it should say. Uh, borrow, play sample if it's an audiobook, and then tag. If you tap on tag, you could see your existing tags or make a new one, or they all live on your shelf. So you can also make them from your shelf. I love it. Well, I will say that I did download the app, so I'm, I'm halfway there. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm practically there. But I did notice that you guys also have some suggestions for tags when you're first starting out. So that might also be a good way to get started. Even something like tagging young adult, if you're just getting right into categories and then maybe you get more inventive over time as you start to get more comfortable with utilizing that feature. Absolutely. And I do have a tag tip for people that are maybe Libby super users or just people that are really into books. They're really working their library's wait lists. You know, they're borrowing things all the time. I do that as well. And that can get overwhelming at times, especially if like all my holds come in at once or I just have tons of books to read, which is always a good problem. But something I've been relying on recently instead of borrowing something just because I do happen upon it and it's available or placing a hold. If I know that's going to overwhelm me later, I've been using a tag to keep better track of things that I want to make a note to come back to, but I'm not ready to actually take any type of big action with. Mm. So I, I tend to get really like tap happy and Libby by placing lots of holds or borrowing things, you know, just because they're kind of all at my fingertips. But I've been relying on tags a lot more so that I can kind of not overwhelm myself with things in Libby. I love it. Where, where will I see my tags? And if I want to see all the tags together, where do I see that? Where am I able to view it? Yeah. So you'll see all of your tags on your shelf in Libby. There will show your loans, holds and tags kind of all in one on your shelf, but you also have the option to click into your tags and just sort of sort through your tags there on that shelf page. Okay. Well, I am going to get on board with tags because I do love to tag things. So that that is a good motivation to get started. And I love these ideas of doing like gift giving tags and thinking a little bit more out of the box with how we use tags. So I love that you provided these creative solutions, Joe. I really appreciate it. I want to talk too about those accessibility features that are on this app because I think that's important to many users. So what are some unique features with Libby or maybe some of the things that came over from Overdrive that you wanted to keep in place? Sure. We're always trying to improve and refine accessibility in Libby and we've made some big improvements over the last couple of years. And we do quite a bit of user testing on those accessibility Um, to get feedback from real users with those accessibility needs. So Libby supports screen readers, keyboard navigation, voice control, and other assistive technologies. In Libby, Read From Here is an ebook reading mode tailored to screen readers. So um, like VoiceOver or, or TalkBack, the mode reads the text of the books aloud, you know, sort of as mm-hmm. the name suggests. You can use the keyboard to um, tap around Libby's interface. We also have keyboard shortcuts for the e-reader and audio player to make it easier to access each feature and button. We also have configurable appearance settings for ebook pages, including text scale, background page color, and book design. The custom book design lets you choose a font, line spacing, and other settings to really personalize your reading experience. For those who want to personalize their audiobook experience, the playback speed controls audiobook speed from um, half the normal speed of the audiobook to three times the normal speed of the audiobook. And then dark mode supports operating systems or browsers that provide that option. It's sort of, um, it can be based on your phone settings as well. So if you have your phone set to dark mode, Libby will automatically update to be in dark mode as well. Oh, that's cool. I love hearing about some of the accessibility features. I think those are really important for a lot of users. I want to ask when I'm thinking about what looked different to me as a new user. You have a dial at the bottom of your audiobooks. And I wasn't sure if that's also an accessibility feature or if that is something just special about Libby. And what does this dial do for us? Uh, Yeah, I think there is an accessibility element to it. uh, But it's kind of like a almost like a reimagining. So in your audiobook player up at the top, you have your overall progress. And then at the bottom, of course, you've got those play pause buttons. And then that that bar underneath that truly just has 
those little ticks, that will allow you to skip around. So there are kind of dark bold marks for each chapter or like major page break. It will also show you down there where your notes and highlights are if you've made notes and highlights in the audiobook. So it's it's overall just kind of a slider. If you um if you borrowed the like a physical copy of the audiobook from your library and then you returned that and you're like, I'm gonna do this in Libby instead, and you need to quick kind of scale through if you remember your your time code, that's kind of an easier way to do it rather than having to go into the table of contents and jump around. So hopefully it's more of a granular option. Okay. Thank you. That that was new for me. So I'm sure it's new for a lot of people. And you'll notice that when you start using it, I was doing an audiobook and, and kind of trying to figure it out. Actually, my husband designed user interface. So we were figuring things out together and, and trying to see what it would look like from his viewpoint with design as well as like my viewpoint as a new user. And um, that was one feature that I was curious about. So I really appreciate you talking us through that. Um, You know, the top question, even though we haven't gotten to reader questions yet, is for me and also other people, which is when are we going to be able to recommend our books to Libby? That is that is the top question everywhere. That's our top question that we receive internally. Uh, everyone wants to know. And, you know, truly, we are developing a fresh solution for this feature in Libby. Uh, and we do look forward to sharing more soon. I, I can't give you a solid answer. Um, but it is coming. It is coming in 2023. We want to make sure we've got all of those major features that everyone is looking for before the Overdrive app is sunset. Um, it will involve the tagging system, so it will act a little different than what you're used to in Overdrive, but it will have the same kind of like end product, if that makes sense. Um, but for now, you can use Libby for your reading happiness, and you can use either the Overdrive app to recommend those titles while it still exists, or you can go to your library's Overdrive website. So my recommendation is use Libby on your phone, and then in your mobile browser, go to your library's Overdrive website to request those titles. Now, the shortcut for that is the Overdrive websites are usually the digital collection name. So like ours is uh, Clevenet is the name of our digital collection one of our digital collections here. So it's clevenet.overdrive.com. So digital collection name plus .overdrive.com. You can, it'll, it'll look very similar to the Overdrive app. Make those recommendations and uh, hopefully we'll have that new solution up and running for y'all soon. Yeah, I have still been making my recommendations in Overdrive, so it is still open to do that right now. I know it's going to be closing soon, but um, I am one of those people that as soon as I hear about a new Buzzy book, I'm like, please recommend it. And I love it because it automatically puts me on the hold list when it comes, like, they decide to purchase it, which usually we know that they're going to purchase it. So it's exciting to be on the hold list. So that was definitely a top question. So that's that's the answer for now, but it sounds like that they're working on it. So that's really exciting. I do have to ask when we're going to be evicted from overdrive. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, the plan is to just continue the overdrive app in 2023, uh, but don't panic. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone has lots of time to prepare. That's why we've been talking about it a lot in 2022, giving people time to use both and get comfortable. And then certainly knowing that we're not going to discontinue that overdrive app until some of those key features um, that we've talked about are offered in Libby or there's a solution to them in Libby. So in the new year, and we'll certainly have more announcements around specific timing, it's not just going to vanish without any notice. So keep an eye out on overdrive social media. There's, you know, we have everything, single social media platform for Libby and overdrive, um, press releases, all of that. We will certainly shout the word, um, as much as we can. And your libraries will have plenty of notice as well. So 2023. Perfect. Well, if listeners want to get some additional training or support on using the app, what do you guys offer or where would we access that maybe even from our own libraries? So I'll, uh, I'll jump back in. Uh, this is where I am so excited to say to kind of help encourage and facilitate folks making the switch. Um, I actually host monthly getting started sessions for new and transitioning users. And if you'd like to register, we do one a month. Uh, it's about an hour. Uh, we take you through all of the basics. We point out what's different from Overdrive to Libby. And we'll be doing that through 2023. Uh, you can go to bit.ly 
slash Libby for patrons. Nice and easy. I swear I'm super friendly. I do them with my teammate, Marissa, and she is truly the Libby extraordinaire. She'll take you through everything you need to know. We'll answer your questions live. We've got a lot of amazing people. Emma sometimes joins me to help answer questions in the background. So you'll, uh, you'll definitely get a chance to have your questions answered, get the support, and see what Libby's all about. You guys might even see me in the Libby classroom because I might be there hanging out with Joe and Emma, like trying to figure out how to do it. So you won't be alone. And I love that you offer this because I think that's a unique feature too. You're not just kicking people off and not giving them a chance to understand the product. We are able to use the two products in tandem for a little bit to kind of get the hang of our new space that you're you're moving into. And so these are some really nice things about transitioning people off. Sometimes with apps, you just get, you know, it it closes down, you have no choice and you guys are giving us the chance to not only like listen and learn from you if we're having a hard time on our own, but we also can still use those two things together until we get the hang of it. And if you really want to recommend a book, this is the time to do it. Just get all those recommendations in right now before (laughs) before it closes. (laughs) I would also shout out our help site. So there's help.libbyapp.com. We even have a specific tab called switching from the overdrive app it's right up at the top of the page you can't miss it it will cover everything we cover anything you're looking for so if you can't wait until our next session you can always do that ahead of time and all of our training teams libby micro videos are embedded in the libby help pages so if you want fun visuals um, emma is one of the people who helps to make those so you'll be able to really kind of get info on all sides um, and for our, our monthly session, they are recorded. So even if you can't attend live, we still encourage you to register so you can receive that recording in your inbox. Yeah. Perfect. For just for those help, um, articles, there's a really nice, uh, layout in those articles with images and step by step. If you would rather see things visually, um, I know there are a lot of people that are visual learners. I love a short one minute video showing me how to do something. So we do again have those Libby short videos so you can see, um, you know, how to add a tag, how to get a notification for a new issue of a magazine, literally anything you might want in Libby, there is a video for that. So I am going to shout those out because that is my team that makes those. (laughs) Perfect. And we will link to everything that we can in the show notes too. So you don't have to necessarily catalog these email or these addresses or anything. We will definitely have that available to you. So if you want to learn more or, you know, take advantage of this help desk feature, definitely check the show notes so that you can uh, sign up and be part of Joe and Emma's class. All right. Well, I want to get to those listener questions because we have quite a few. And I will start with Jennifer, who asked, what's the best way to manage multiple library cards on Libby? It feels harder than OverDrive. This question is one reason I'm so glad we're doing this, because I think it shows we all have different experiences and um, how we sort of approach these apps. Because as someone also with multiple library cards, I find Libby to be easier, but everyone's experience is different. So all of your library cards live in your menu right in the center under your libraries. You can um, tap and see all the library cards that you have. And tapping on the name will also switch your active libraries. So it's easy to switch back and forth between all the libraries and cards that you have. Even with multiple library cards, all of your loans and holds live on one shared shelf. So No matter where you check a book out from, they'll all be on the same shelf. And when you run a search, you can also tap the name of the library under the search field. And after you tap the name of your library, you'll see all of your libraries and can easily switch between them that way. And when you search for a book and you're looking at the title's details list, if you tap on the little library icon next to the titles, if you have multiple cards, if you tap that little thing, it will show you availability at all of your libraries. So it's easy way to search for a book. And if the active card doesn't have it, you can easily check all of the cards to see if any of your other libraries also have the title available. Perfect. I think that the way you explained that makes things much easier to understand. And I do think part of it is just navigating a new user interface. Not that it, you know, is harder, but just that it's maybe not as intuitive because you haven't used the new app as much. So this is great. Thank you, Jennifer, for submitting that question. I have a question from Vanessa who said, how do you put Libby on a Kindle Fire and a Kids Fire? I am still using OverDrive because Libby is not in the app store. And as an adult, it is hard for me to navigate this 
for my kids' tablets. So we do have some step-by-step instructions to add Libby to Kindle Fire tablets. It is a side load uh, because we are still waiting for Libby to be added to the Kindle Fire app store. That's entirely on Amazon's approval. Uh, but if you'd like those instructions, you can visit bit.ly slash Libby Kindle Fire. Tried to make them all short and easy to grab. Um, it's a super simple step-by-step process that walks you through downloading the APK files and, you know, adding it, following the steps to add it to your tablet. Uh, and then Libby will function the same way as it does on an Android device. Perfect. All right, Vanessa, I will drop that in the show notes for you so that you can access that for your kids and for the fire. But let's all just say the fire is hard for all adults. Like, I don't think it's a very user-friendly product, <laughs> but I get why we get them because I had them for my kids too. And uh, yeah, it's just not easy. I don't find anything about the fire easy. I I love my paper wipe, but for kids, it's a great budget-friendly resource for reading. All right. So the next listener question that we have is from Molly. She said, how do I put Libby audiobooks on my Apple Watch to listen to without my phone nearby? This is a really wonderful question. So currently, there is not a way to play audiobooks through your Apple Watch, but we have heard this request, especially as the popularity of Apple Watches like has exploded over recent years. And so this is a request that our Libby development team is aware of and has received. So certainly keep an eye out um, for future developments on the Apple Watch. Perfect. Stay tuned, Molly. It sounds like they're working on it. She also asked, is there a way to sync my Goodreads account to my want to read list on Libby? What you can do is export your tags from Libby into Goodreads, like export from Libby and then import them into Goodreads. But you can't, um, there really isn't a way to bring Goodreads into Libby. That is an excellent suggestion and opportunity to use our suggestion box and give feedback if that's something you want to see. Perfect. Molly, I would submit that to the help desk. Becca had a question. She said, I would love to know, (laughs) this is actually pretty funny, how you guys feel about the loophole of putting your Kindle in airplane mode to keep library books from returning. The rule followers of the world feel like we're going to get caught one day. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny, Becca. Uh, Kindle fulfillment is tricky. Like, don't want to get too inside baseball with it. But when you borrow a book from your library and use the send to Kindle feature, which I have to say is US only, um, it's actually fulfilled by Amazon. So they're kind of the, that's where it breaks from Libby or Overdrive and kind of switches over to Amazon's fulfillment. So on our end in Libby, the app has internal timers to keep everyone on on or offline, doesn't matter if you put your your iPhone or whatever into airplane mode or change the date, uh, Libby knows. <laughs> and it keeps us honest uh, on or offline with copyright policies. So what Amazon does, totally up to them. <laughs> but we, uh, we're we respecting those uh, those publisher agreements and, uh, and copyright in general. Perfect. Well, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to share before we close out? Uh, just really thankful that you had us on today. I know we are so excited to any chance we can get to talk about Libby and help folks because I use the Overdrive app for truly until Libby came out because I had to learn Libby. And that's what it felt like when I started. I have to do this. And Oh, what a pain. And I didn't want to change. And I mean, my first job, I worked as a library page at 15, putting books back on shelves and, oh, we have overdrive. I'll start using that. Um, and then after about two weeks of using Libby, I was like, what, what's overdrive? And that's (laughs) not even because overdrive cashes my checks. That is because as a user, it is an experience that has made me a lot happier. Um, and I love being able to make those suggestions overall. I think you'll be happy. And if you have questions, know that our team are all here to support you. Can we close out with what you guys are reading right now? Because I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Emma, what are you reading? So I am... I feel bad giving a recommendation when it's like an advanced reader copy and doesn't come out until the spring. We love that. Um, But I am reading... Let me pull up what the title is. Yeah, sorry. No, I put you on the spot. (laughs) Um, A Crown of Ivy and Glass by Claire Legrand. She wrote the Furyborn books. And this is the start of a new trilogy that was pitched to me as Bridgerton meets A Court of Thorns and Roses. So... 
it's pretty great so far. I'm not very far into it, but I'm really, really hoping that this fills the void, uh, you know, that Sarah J. Mass's books have left for me. See, so. I have not gotten into Sarah J. Mass. I, I feel like almost like that might be my winter. I'm bad about like series books. I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't really get on board with series books, but I feel like it might be a good winter pick. That would be a great winter pick. Although, yeah, I'm just a huge fan. So I, I really don't think anyone can go wrong. Although I know her books are not going to be for every reader, but I'm, I'm hopeful that a crown of ivy and glass gives me similar vibes as we go through this, what already feels like going to be a long and cold winter. <laughs> I know we already kicking it off in the Midwest. Is this a YA book, by the way? I believe this is her adult debut. Okay. Um, she's written several other books, but I believe this one is for adults. Perfect. Well, I'm excited. That gives us something to look forward to. Jill, what are you reading right now? So I'm reading um, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. It's an older mm-hmm. book. It's one of my absolute favorites. And it always, this time of year when it's kind of chilly outside and leaves have started to fall. <laughs> Um, it's one of my sort of annual books that I read in autumn. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm reading. If you are like into dark academia and haven't yet read The Secret History, this is sort of the book that I would say kind of kicked off sort of like the, the grandfather of, of the dark academia. Um, yeah, good stuff. I feel like that book is the most mentioned book ever, like on the show, as well as we do a bookworm challenge with our guests after where we do this like game show experience. And almost always that title of that book comes up and I haven't read it yet. So that also might be another great winter pick because Dark Academia, obviously there's like a season for that and I feel like it might be winter. So I love it. Thank you for that recommendation. And then I am reading Wicked Little Things by Justin Arnold. It is also an advanced reader copy. So sorry, friends. Uh, It is a YA horror title. comes out in November and you know, it's Halloween season. I need a little spook. I need a little witchy and and this definitely, definitely hits that so I'm, I I'm I love horror so I'm I'm on board and right. I feel like uh, you find your people once you like start talking about spooky books I have been trying to motivate and I will say this one last time but um a cosmology of monsters is the book that we're reading by Sean Hamill he he was a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for horror it is the most magical monster story ever and we're reading it for book club and I feel like all the time I'm like please read this spooky book and people are like I don't really like spooky and I'm like, just give it a chance. And then every person that does is like, that book was so good. I'm so glad I did it. So push us over into the YA horror books. I love it. I can't wait to read this recommendation too. Well, thank you guys so much. If people want to connect with you more, what's the best way to do that other than through your website and all the fun ways that you've done that? I'd love to hear about your social channels that you guys are operating on. Yeah. So uh, our podcast, The Professional Book Nerds, comes out every Monday and Thursday, where everywhere you get your podcasts and you can follow us on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and they are all at Pro Book Nerds. And of course, you can email us professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Well, this was so fun. This is the first time that I've had three guests at the same time. I'm so proud of us. We did such a great job. They have a great studio that they're logging in from. And I really appreciate that you would spend the day with us to try to figure out how to use this. As I suggested, we will be doing a tutorial based on the information that are that is in today's podcast. So if you want to go back to it, we will have a guide for you. We the transcription um, utilized within that guide. So it's words right from Emma, Joe, and Jill that are helping us navigate over to Libby. And you have given me the push, the shove that I needed, that I will love it. And it, and I'm not collecting a paycheck from Libby, but I, I do feel like I could be a good adopter if I just give it a chance. So thank you for being the tour guide and, and also taking all of our listener questions, which I know everyone really appreciated today. Thank you for having us. It was so much fun. 